if he doesn't want to commit right away, um, because we've seen people commit and then he can, I mean, these kids do commit. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just more people that are dead to me now. So, on, <laughs> on Twitter, Andre Gordon, I don't know who that is. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Another week, another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Leela McRae. Joe Deck is with me like normal. I guess we can't say like always anymore since I missed an episode a couple weeks ago. Right, but let's jump right in. illness, yeah. Yeah, my, my grave near-death experience. Your disease, yeah. <laughs> but we are back uh, this week with more high school and local talk and the uh, sports talk that matters to you, the Augusta County sports fan. Let's hop right into it. And we're going to start with high school soccer. And I, I really much got to say, am I bad to anybody listening last week? I talked about the teams that could potentially win a state title or contend for a state title. I left out the undefeated uh, draft girls out there. They're uh, 8-0, haven't allowed a goal yet this season. Uh, that's the kind of run that Lee was on last season and Lee is close to this year. So no reason Stewart's draft shouldn't have a state championship on their mind. Um, they're they're beating the heck out of everybody. So it's another team in our area that we should all be looking at as a potential state championship winner. And uh, so it'll be fun to watch two teams out of the Shenandoah district in soccer, one boys, one girls, that you would really put in that class. Uh, and then Wilson is second place in, in both boys and girls um, right behind those teams. So uh, really strong soccer. I just wanted to start the episode off by basically apologizing that I didn't include Stewart's draft girls. I just missed it. But the Lee boys this week will take on the Wilson boys in soccer. You're going to hear an interview for that here in our second block. Uh, we have Coach uh, Wygant on for that interview. But it's it's brewing up to be a huge matchup. It was only a 4-0 game last time they played. And, uh, it, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit last week, but it's a little bit closer. It, Joe, I, I know last week you kind of said there's no way Wilson wins and all this, but – I mean, you're the bigger soccer fan. In your opinion, what what does Wilson have to do to neutralize Lee and and have a chance of winning this game? Other than like the, you know the Lee bus not showing up to a home field. <laughs> yeah, that always helps. Um, but I, I'd say Wilson needs to maintain possession. Um, when you have a team that can put up goals like Ari Lee, you need to be able to hold on to the possession, and you have to keep your form. You have to have the back line tight. They have to be ready. They can't be it. The biggest problem for teams when they're playing a team that is aggressive and has good strikers is they pay attention to the good strikers almost too much in the sense that they're watching them and they're always trying to be ahead of them. So they'll play them on side or a defender will see the ball, not on his end of the pitch. He'll, he'll relax a little bit, not move up with the rest of the defense. Therefore playing another defense, another forward on the other side of the field on side because he's not up far enough. Um, you're going to have to catch Lee in some offside traps. You're going to have to maintain possession and not have silly turnovers. And you've got to make the most when you get into that defense. Cause that's the other thing. Lee's got the great strikers, but they also have a very good defense. It's a team that doesn't give up a lot of goals. You mentioned it last year. They almost didn't give up any. Um, so I mean, they gave up one regular season goal. Yeah. That's pretty impressive, and um, I think Wilson. I think if Wilson gets a draw here, they should be really pumped. I think that's what you're looking for. Well, uh, I'll be at that game, so I'll have first hand account of what happened there when we're on next week. Um, 
and Actually, that'll be I fun to watch. I don't think the VHSL has draws anymore. Sorry. <laughs> um, the other thing going on for Lee, they they play three games this week. They play Stonewall and Stewart Draft before they get to that Wilson game on Friday. The good thing for Lee is they've been playing a lot of their subs through this season because they've been having some injuries, been nicked up, had some guys out. So honestly, that probably makes them stronger as a team and, and make them handle this tough week where probably can get some of their first run guys out at the beginning of the week. So they get ready to be fresh on Friday. Yeah. Uh, look, Lee is going to win this game. I, I told you what Wilson has to do. They're going to need to do that and more. Uh, they're going to have to play in their best game of the year if they're going to beat Lee and they're going to need Lee to play their worst game of the year. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think Lee is and even if it does, I think Lee might be good enough to win. Uh, I just think That's Lee the is problem. that much Lee, better Lee's than... worst game could be pretty pretty darn good. Yeah. yeah, I just think Lee is that much better than everyone else in the Shenandoah District this year, and uh, for the most part, Class 2. Um, yeah, I mean, They're going to run into Mason... a buzzsaw when they get into George Mason again, but yeah. we'll see what happens. And then you hope that game can be, be the region championship so both teams would have an opportunity to advance. I know we're pretty dismissive of Wilson, and I know a lot of people probably listening are Wilson fans for the interview. Uh, very solid team. I mean, eight and one. Yeah, uh, nothing to poo-poo, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're, yeah. they're at least just better. Yeah, but they have their chance Friday to shut us up, and we'll be the first ones to say we we're on if, if, if they do. And uh, But good luck to both teams. Hope everybody's healthy, get through that game, and uh, everybody's able to move on to the postseason uh, healthy. Let's uh, go over to high school baseball, and, and that, that Riverheads baseball team is kind of that only team in the area we're looking at baseball, even softball, that can maybe advance to a state championship contention kind of thing. Uh, they beat Draft and East Rock last week. They have Allegheny, which they beat already this week, uh, Gap and Stonewall this week. So, uh, you know, none of those teams are um, – world beaters page is that best team in the Shenandoah district but you know a week that Riverheads has to kind of keep their head on straight three games and uh, that's a good test for them here in this latter part of the season three games in one week that sounds like tournament baseball yeah um I, I think Riverheads is going to be ready to go uh, th their baseball team has been pretty impressive again this year and uh, we talked about this last week it's not necessarily the Shenandoah district that they need to be worried about winning it's being that top seed in the region and if they can get that, then I would imagine it's pretty smooth sailing through 1B, um, as is in most sports for Riverheads. And then when you get into the state tournament, we'll see what happens. And Riverheads in the region, they, they're at a 7.1, and the second-place team is William Campbell at a 5.1. And the way those ratings work, um, it's like the basketball rating. It's just like the basketball ratings. So a two-point lead in the region uh, in 1B, that's a heck of a lead, and that's probably something they're going to be able to maintain. Even if they falter down the stretch, they'll probably be able to maintain that. So it does look like they will be the one seed in 1B. Yeah, and again, Riverheads just seems to always win 1B and whatever the sport is. Uh, <laughs> I know boys basketball they lost this year, but other than that, I mean, it seemed like they were just winning that region and everything so they get to i mean that, and that's just that just shows how good the shenandoah district is and even next year when it adjusts some it's still gonna be a good district that that helps test riverheads through the season so they're really ready to go against 1a competition and uh it, I, it they act like it's easier so little column a little column b i think i think 1b is maybe just that bad but yeah well, maybe so. All right, let's jump on up to the NFL because it's NFL draft week. That's what every all the news organizations are talking about this week. Sure, we you and I don't get as hyped about the draft and the draft breakdown, but 
Our listeners are surely are looking ahead probably at their teams. But let's talk about the storylines first for this draft. And it, and like anything with football and especially NFL football, it starts at the quarterbacks. Uh, looks like Kyler Murray is potentially going to be the number one pick to the Cardinals. I hope not for his sake. That team's a tire fire. You don't want any part of that. The big key to that, though, is if they get Murray there, a lot of Redskins fans have been hearing there's a lot of smoke about it that maybe Rosen gets shipped over to D.C. uh, to play for the Redskins. Yeah, I don't think Josh Rosen. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that, because here's the thing. I don't even think Josh Rosen is that good necessarily, but I also don't think that he got a fair shake in Arizona. Like, I think Arizona was bad last year as a team. I thought the coaching was bad. I thought the roster assembled was bad. And so I, I don't know how much I can pin on Rosen. Um, Bruce Arians was still there last year. He just retired just now, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he got his quarterback last year, and that I guess that's no, no, what no, he no, wanted. No, 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 no. It's um, been a year removed. Have, yeah, they, they fired but their coach they, after one year. Oh, one year. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, was, I knew they just got uh, Clinsbury. But I guess you get the new coach and they got the quarterback. I, I don't know. It, it just seems like they haven't given that long enough. And it doesn't seem like Kyler Murray, I'm not sold enough on Kyler Murray. I'm still kind of thinking he might have should have played baseball. So I, I wouldn't be sold to make him the number one draft pick and get rid of the last franchise quarterback you just drafted a year ago. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. The only time Kyler Murray played in defense that actually has NFL caliber players was against Alabama in that playoff. And then by the time he started to get going, the game was uncompetitive as we like to say and um yeah so i'm not sure that he's ready for the nfl i'm not sure that he's going to be an nfl quarterback uh if he goes to the cardinals i think he has no chance because i don't think cliff kingsbury is an nfl coach i thought that was a dumb hire when the cardinals made it to make him their head coach i thought cliff might have been a good college head coach because i thought texas tech was a little dumb for firing him but yeah, you easily could have seen him go somewhere else and, and even like a decent position somewhere else in college. And you wouldn't have just assumed he'd be bad. But jump into the NFL from where he was. I mean, that, that's a huge jump. I agree. No, it's not going to work. And yeah, so if the Reds, but to the Redskins point, if you get Josh Rosen, that's fine. Um, because if he's good, you have it's a franchise quarterback. Yeah. If he's not, you're drafting a quarterback next year, which it's going to be a better draft class than this year. So you got, you got more upside with Rosen than anybody that's on the roster. And I, I mean, I guess Alex Smith, he's hurt until we hear otherwise. And he's not playing. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to get somebody in there. So I I like that move. If I'm a Redskins fan, I'm not, but I, I I do generally root for them for my friend's sake. Um, I think that's a decent move. Haskins from Ohio state Jones from Duke. Um, and then Locke from Missouri, the other quarterbacks talked about in the top there. Seems like Jones' value is rising. A lot of people are talking about him being the second quarterback taken. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, again, I, I think this year's QB draft stock is terrible. I think it's horrible. I think you're looking at next year's. Um, again, I think that UFC, UCF kid, if he could have stayed healthy the whole season, would have gone to the draft, and I think he would have been the top quarterback picked. Um, but he didn't, he broke his leg, um, but he'll be back next year. And I think that's the biggest quarterback name to keep your eye on. He's not going to be playing in a major program, but he is good. Um, the UCF games that I did happen to catch before he broke his leg, he was a pinpoint accurate passer. Uh, and I, I just wasn't seeing any college quarterback making the throws he was making. 
So, I mean, you don't have to play in a major college program to be a good quarterback. I mean, there's been plenty of cases no. in high draftees and not all of them prove themselves of recent years, but there's been high draft picks that have potential. Uh, the North Dakota state guy, uh, I mean, we're talking about Josh Rosen, aren't we? Um, Lance, yeah. Um, I mean, Josh even, even Jones and Locke that are on this list, they're not from, they're from big conferences, but not, you know, Breeze. primetime football programs. Yeah, Breeze went to Purdue. Yeah. Uh, Brady went to Michigan, but, um, Flacco, uh, who won yeah, the Super Delaware. Bowls, Delaware, Big Ben went to Miami of Ohio. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, you don't need to, you don't need to have somebody that said, you know, Alabama. If you draft somebody that's playing quarterback at Alabama, they're probably gonna stink. So, I know. like the Jones kid from Duke, and we and you've dismissed me before on that, so I don't really need that right now for myself. But, uh, um. Uh, the, uh, excuse me, <laughs> sorry, we're recording on Monday night. The Capitals just potentially scored, uh, but it was disallowed. Oh, so, uh, that stinks. What, so they're just what down kind of two. nonsense call do we have against us now? <laughs> These officials are terrible. Ovechkin started responding to the disallowed goal and they had to cut the camera away pretty quick. Um, but anyway, moving on back to the draft, uh, we'll give you an update on the final that everybody already knows, uh, when they're listening to this podcast, uh, later in the podcast, but, um, Back to the NFL draft with the quarterbacks. I like the Jones kid. I think he's good, but he does seem like any other year he would be a second or third round quarterback that you're bringing in, hoping to develop, and maybe he has some potential. And now they're talking to be the second quarterback taken in the top 10. It it just goes to agree with your weak draft class this year for quarterbacks. Yeah, it's, yeah. The defensive line is the other strong group in this draft. Or the, you know, this is the strong gra- yeah. uh, group in the draft. Um, just names all over the place. Bosa, Williams, uh, Sweet, Kentucky, uh, Allen, Florida State's Burns. I mean, I can go on a list forever, but there's going to be a lot of good defensive linemen. And even out of this group of like 10 names that I could list off, you're probably going to have four or five that are just concrete guys for the next seven years in the NFL out of this group. So um, this will be one of those, you know, you talk about the quarterback class of 83 or the quarterback class of 2003. Um, the defensive line class of 2019 is going to be one of those that gets talked about in the years to come. Yeah. And in fact, I I've seen Ravens mock drafts where they take an edge rusher. Um, so in the first round, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, they need a lot in my opinion, to rebuild this roster. I think we were a playoff team by accident um, because our schedule was so bad in the back half. I think that helped us. Um, so we'll see what the Ravens do. But you're right. These these defensive linemen are going to be special. I think that's where the most talent is. And a lot of the you know top level, those guys are going to be taken quickly up up mm-hmm. in the top 10. I mean, there's just going to be a lot of defensive lines, a lot of big guys uh Hugging, but, uh, but I think there's value in that position, no matter where oh, yeah. you are in the first round. I mean, there's a lot of players that are first round talent. Yeah, and you can't pass up a lot of these guys. I, I mean, Clemson put out two of these guys, I think. So, yeah. um, just a lot of talent there. We have the team by teams written here. Um, everybody needs an edge, <laughs> basically. Any of the skins, the Ravens, the Steelers, they're all looking for that edge guy. Um, for me, I mean, you already talked about the Ravens. You're not sure what they're going to draft. Steelers, I think. They just got to load up on defense. Sure, you might need a wide receiver, tight end kind of guy, um, or you know, but you can get that later in the draft. I like. I don't want them to get a wide receiver before like the fourth or fifth round. Get defense in those first three rounds. They have four picks in the first three rounds, all defense, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, they do that. Your offense is gonna be really bad. 
I, I was so disgusted with the defense last year. That's why I feel that way. I, though, like I said last week, I trust the Steelers draft. I just do. I usually don't get that worked up about the draft. I don't care what the Steelers are going to do when they draft. I'm not that like next week. I'm not going to come on here and say how badly the Steelers did. Even if they draft a wide receiver in the first round, I'm not going to come on here and say, oh, they're stupid. They don't know what they're doing because I just trust the process they do because it's work. They're, they've been a fairly steady team for long enough. I can do that. Now, my number one thing is get guys that aren't or we'll just maybe shut up because I'm so sick of the mouth running that's been going on in Pittsburgh for the last couple of years. And it's Antonio Brown is at the front of it. I just, I'm sick of it. I know you don't always know how these guys will turn out once you start paying them, but man, I'm sick of the drama. So that's my goal. Uh, even if we don't win a Super Bowl in the next four years, if anybody we're drafting right now doesn't run their mouth for the next four years, I'll be happy. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I've enjoyed the but Steelers I want to drama. Win yeah. I've enjoyed the Steelers <laughs> drama being a Ravens fan. I love seeing that locker room and dysfunction. So I I've gotten a big kick out of it, but from the Ravens standpoint, ago, they had the guys like Palomalu and, and, and I, I mean, I can list off a name, you know, your problems uh, at the head coach though. You, you have a head coach that has let this happen. He has, he's got to get that fixed. And I'm not a guy. I don't think he can be, I don't think it can be fixed at this point. I think you can let, listen to any of the podcasts for the last nine months. And you know, I'm not a guy that wants to move a coach anytime soon, anytime soon. I'm just not built that way. But, yeah, he's on the hot seat if this dysfunction continues. I'm not even saying they have to go to the top of the AFC for him to keep his job. I'm saying the dysfunction has to be fixed. So at least you could hope that you move into that area in three or four years. I mean, I don't see a Super Bowl in the next two years for that team. So I'm just trying to build forward. But, yeah, he's got to get down the line. And, and I'm not really disagreeing with you that it, it's it might be something that can't happen. I mean, it just doesn't seem possible, but – I'd like to see it start happening. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's a common trait to me. I want to see the change for good. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I just don't think the Steelers are going to win another Super Bowl with Tomlin as the head coach. I just think that guy's had more talent and lost with it than anyone in the league. Um, I mean, that, that offense with uh, Bell, Big Ben, and Brown should have been in the Super Bowl way more than they were. Um, and because the defense was pretty good for most of those years. So it, it was really surprising to me that they couldn't get to the Super Bowl more often. I, I think it's a head coaching issue. Um, but that's, There's a lot of AFC teams you can say should have gotten to the Super Bowl and the Patriots keep getting in the way. Yeah, but, but the I Steelers don't, I don't good disagree with what you're saying. The Patriots but it, I mean, at least we half all have the, the time. same mountain to climb. They were, they were good enough to beat them at least half the time, and I felt like they didn't. Man, I felt like that the, was a death. If sentence. the referees call a catch a catch, they're in they're in one of the Super Bowl in the last three years. Uh, if they called a catch a catch, you guys wouldn't have been in the playoffs one year because Juju Smith Schuster did a front flip out of the end zone with no feet down and got called for a got a touchdown <laughs> called. So uh, let's watch it with the officials costing the Steelers games. Um, also, your Super Bowl trophy was against Seattle was fake as well. Uh, that was. Two trophies again. Yeah, fake. Um, <laughs> but for the Ravens... We're going to argue uh, 2005 right now. <laughs> yeah. Officials are going to be a theme here for me this week. Um, but for the Ravens, I loved Ozzy when he was doing the draft. Uh, more times than not, he hit home runs with his draft picks. Yeah. And that's why the Ravens stayed relevant for so long. Um, yeah. He's no longer the GM. We have a new GM. That's a little nerve wracking because I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and we'll just see what happens. 
I mean, I don't think Lamar Jackson is the answer at quarterback, but we're not drafting a quarterback. So we're stuck with him for three years. So ride or die with Lamar Jackson. And um, we'll, we'll see what happens with the wide receiver tight end. Uh, we just let a whole bunch of wide receivers go. It seems a, to be a need every off season. Tight end is something we're going to need with a scrambling quarterback like Lamar Jackson. And we lost a lot of people in the defense. So hopefully it's, still the plug and play method there in Baltimore, but I don't know. Let's move over to the Redskins. I mean, then it's just build and, and not that we didn't say that for the Steelers and Ravens. I, I don't know how, how different they are. They all just need to build up Ravens or excuse me, the skins have talent. There's talent on the roster, but they just need to be, have it on the field. And they, they got banged up real quick last year. And then they lost their quarterback. They just need talent on the field. So it's load up and, I mean, you look at their needs, and it's all over the field on both sides of the ball. They need some pieces. But if they can just stay healthy, that'll be a big improvement. But it's not like they're on the doorstep of a Super Bowl either. I think the number one thing coming out of – that would ease a lot of Redskins fans' tension is if they solve the quarterback question mark that's right now. And I know a lot of people like Colt McCoy. I don't think that's the answer. And I think there's a lot of opportunity out there to get better at quarterback without you know selling off all your draft picks. So – you know, sit there and wait, see what Arizona is doing and see if you can get some good value on a on a quarterback. I think it'd be really nice for them to go into the summer with a quarterback that's better than what they have on the roster. Yeah, but I wouldn't like you said, I wouldn't be trading draft picks. for. No, them. no, I wouldn't be selling the franchise for Josh Rosen. and I sure no. wouldn't be selling it for anybody in the draft. Kyler I, Murray included. I agree. And if you can get Rosen at a at a fair value. I mean, you're not going to get a deal, but if you can get a fair value, I I think that could be worth it because he could be a long range answer. But yeah, don't sell the farm. Uh, maybe the late third pick they have, or the fourth, or a fourth. That would be that it's would be, be my picks. ceiling. That would be my ceiling for Rosen. I wouldn't give him a first round. Or a I second. I don't see how they would do it without the second. Uh, the second would probably have to be involved. Mm. All right. Well, hopefully you're right. for Not, skins, a, not if I'm a GM. Nope. <laughs> the other big storyline, the other only team that we'll kind of talk specifically about, it's the Raiders. They have three first-round draft picks. They pick fourth, 24th, and 27th. That's John Gruden out there. It's one of the best things about this draft this year. We don't have to listen to Gruden on the telecast. We can just watch him mess up another franchise. And uh, he has three first-round picks to do that with. So, um you know, in all honesty, of all the question marks they've had with who they've let go and for what value, it's it's a sweet position to have three first-round draft picks. And we've seen the Patriots sit in this kind of position and still move those picks back to still load up more picks or, or bring them to the last year. So I'm interested to see how they handle that. I would almost want them not to get three picks in the first round. I'd like to see them get some value, get some more draft picks out of that. Um, I I don't know how three rookies fix that team immediately. And with some of the talent on the team with who they with Carr at quarterback, you'd like to see them kind of have a position to maybe make a take a shot next year. Maybe not a Super Bowl, but really get a lot better. And I don't think you do that with three rookies. So I wonder if you do that with four rookies and you move one of those picks back and get two picks for it. That's the kind of thing I wonder about what the Raiders could do. If you're John Gruden, you've got nine years left on that contract. You don't need to be good next year. You take these three picks. Um, I, at four, I'm looking for a, a pass rusher because you lost Khalil Mack, uh, in a really, I mean, even though the trade got you a, a first round pick, dumb trade, 
because I think Khalil Mack's a Hall of Famer. So uh, these yeah. defensive linemen are good. You better hit with the right one if you want a Hall of Famer, and there's no guarantees there. Um, 24 and 27, I think you go ahead and keep. Um, if you're the Raiders, unless somebody tries to do something crazy, like offer you you know, a first round next year or something. Um, or, or or a first rounder right next to that and a second round, another second rounder. Like, that could be handy. Yeah, you, you just, if you're if you're John Gruden, you've got nine years left on your deal. Raiders aren't going to fire you. So, uh, I think he's in no hurry. I don't think it matters what happens to the Raiders that next year. Well, they will be the story of the night on Thursday with that many draft picks up top, with Gruden being on there. ESPN will be talking about him nonstop. So that'll be the story Thursday night, and uh, we'll see what comes of it. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit of the draft results next week. But, I mean, just like anything else, you have to wait till they get on the field to know what they are. So let's move forward. Let's talk a little bit about NCAA basketball. Um, and it's going to be tech heavy here because uh, they're in the news a lot because they're the team in, uh, under a lot of transition. Uh, they got a commitment under Hunter Couture. Uh, he's a shooter. Um, he flipped from Wofford. He was not being offered by any other ACC schools. I already started hearing your rant when I saw him commit, uh, but now I want to hear it in real life. Yeah, I'm a little nervous um, because he was getting no ACC interest, but oh well. You got to fill a roster is the other side of it. And yeah, that's- you got to fill a roster, and that's fine. I, and if the kid can shoot, I mean, you don't Steph have Curry to be all world. Getting, yeah, Steph Curry wasn't getting a, any ACC interest either. And if Virginia Tech had taken a flyer on him because he was Del Curry's son, then we could have had one of the best basketball players to ever come through the program. Well, no, but no pressure for Hunter Couture here. Oh, I'm not saying he has we to be expect Steph him Curry. to be Steph Curry. That's the new standard. No, I'm not so. saying that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I'm just saying you get a lot of people transferred to. You got to fill out a roster, so it's fine. It's whatever. Oh, we can do our hockey update right after this segment because that yeah, game's over. Oh. it is. <laughs> uh, Robinson and Hill, uh, they look good in that Piedmont All-Star Challenge. They take kids from Virginia, they throw them down there, and it's basically just a get all the scouts at one place and look at the kids from the state of Virginia. Uh, Robinson had a game winner. Hill had some highlights. Neither one of those guys are probably getting drafted, but it, Robinson at least got some talk now about it. Uh, so maybe he's able to sign somewhere on this side of the ocean uh, for basketball. Um, that would still be kind of surprising, but at least that helped his draft stock. It seemed like uh, he got some good play from what how he played down there. So uh, I was happy to see that. Yeah, um, that's fine. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a scouting tool. It's not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who won those games. It doesn't matter who was, it's all about, you know, being good in front of scouts. Robinson did that. Yeah. And as a person who just doesn't watch a lot of NBA, it doesn't really matter to me. (laughs) If Robinson gets drafted by an NBA team. Cool. I won't know if he actually plays ever. Um, I would be elated if he gets drafted. Hill is the last guy that got drafted. Like Deron Washington. Oh, I mean, I guess, uh, uh, no. Delaney. Yeah. Malcolm but Delaney. like, I mean, it's been limited number. So we, anybody gets drafted. I'm Eric pumped. green got drafted. Didn't he? Did he not? Um, yeah, he, he might've, but still we're, we're scrapping for two guys. Now he's playing in Greece somewhere yeah. or something, but Delaney got some wrong with that. Uh, Hawks. Um, the other big guy to talk about and you know, very much. Yeah. Former, former Hokie. Mm-hmm. Blackshear, it looks like Kentucky's going to get him. Calipari finished his in-home visit with him today. Looks like he's going to go to Kentucky. That's what it really looks like. Um, 
I'm gonna let you go because I can see you. Uh, so I want you to give your reaction. That's disappointing. I was getting excited by all the tweets, you know, about I don't know, just his general. I don't know. I mean, he wasn't very committal, but he seemed to be somewhat positive, and he hadn't he hadn't picked anywhere else yet. So I was kind of having hope that it, at the end of it he would come back. But well, you sound like me. Oh God! <laughs> if he goes to Kentucky, I'm gonna hate him. I cannot root for the Kentucky Wildcats. I'm um, not gonna root for the team by any means. Oh, I'm it's not hard rooting for, me for to him. The he's kid dead to when me. He has... If he leaves, he's he dead to me. We'll put Who him in the he? opening again. So uh, if he uh, goes to Kentucky, I think that's – I can't blame a kid that has one year of eligibility to go somewhere that he could win a national title and not necessarily stick with this new coach, new system. I, I And he, he was already possibly going to go. Before the season was even ending, before it was just set that Buzz was going to Texas A&M, Blackshear was talking about using his grad transfer and going somewhere else. I heard about this in January. I – I just, I'm not going to blame the kid. I'm not going to hate the kid. You can forget about him and be dead to you. I'm not going to root for him to win the national championship, but it's just, you look at it on paper, you look at the decision he's making. I'm not going to just hate the kid. I can't. I can't support him moving to Kentucky. No. Not hate is not necessarily support. I'm just going to not hate him. Okay. He also had an interesting tweet this last week. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, it was like, and this, uh, yeah, I feel like it was aimed at us, even though we weren't the ones tweeting. It was like, hey, tech, or like tech, tech fans, um, it's kind of stupid to keep bringing up uh, uh, UMBC every time Virginia fans talk and say that they won the national championship. Like, it doesn't matter. They won the national championship. And I'm like, as much as I don't like you saying that as a Hokie, as a Hokie player that played against them, yeah, you have the point. <laughs> like, it is. It does not matter as much anymore. It matters for that year's team, but the most recent team won a national championship. He kind of has a point. I just didn't like him saying it out loud. Uh, let me ask you this. Let's look 20 years into the future. Who won the 2019 national championship? How many people do you think is going to know? Outside everybody, of everybody that's going to answer that UVA won, lost to UMBC is going to answer that UVA did win a national championship. They're going to know both. No, they won't because you're – you're not, not going to say year, what happened in the 2018. Happened. You're going to say who's the first one seed to ever lose to a 16. Okay. If and they're going to say UVA. The first, but they will know UVA won one. It's, uh, in 20 years, it might still be the only number one to lose to a 16, by the way. And it might and, be UVA's only national championship, but anybody that knows the one is going to know the other. Yeah, but if you say who won the 2019 national championship, nobody's going to know. No one cares. I couldn't tell you who won last year's national championship. But if championship, you ask who was Wheeling? the biggest disappointment in 2018, you're not going to come up with, oh, that was the year UVA lost. No, it doesn't but matter. You say, who's the one seed to lose to a 16. So it does kind of matter. It's still history. UVA winning it's, a national championship is history in the moment, but it's not groundbreaking college basketball history. I understand your point and like the words you're using to make that point, but anybody that knows the one is going to know the other. No one's going to know that UVA lost. As a I don't that doesn't think that's going to be true in 20 years. In 20 years, I don't think that's going to be true. If they've won four of them by then, they might not know that they won the two, the one the next year or I something. I don't like, think oh, it was people one are going to remember that in 20 years. But I don't think that, the casual Anybody that understands that. a 16 seed losing, beating a number one seed is going to know that UVA won a national championship. I don't think so. I do. 
I do, and I I hate it as much as anybody. I think but you're going to remember it because we hate him, but I don't think the general casual college basketball fans going to remember that. I I don't know. I think when I think back through the history of college basketball, like I feel like I can say if a team has won a national championship or not. I don't think so. I feel like I can. No. And I, anybody that knows, like, I, so many people I know, I mean, people that were, like, talking about the 16 seed thing this year that didn't even understand and didn't even remember it happened last year, didn't even know what it was, like, people that pick their brackets and just pick 16 seeds all the time, like, those people might not know, but they're not going to know either thing. But if you know the 16 seed, you know the national championship. And if you know the national championship, you're going to know the 16 seed. Well, if you know the national championship, I agree. You're going to know the 16 seed, but I don't think it's necessarily the other way around. I I strongly disagree. I think people that wouldn't know do that people, don't do even people understand know, what a 16 seed winning is. Do people who know Virginia Tech lost to JMU, do they know that Virginia Tech went on to win the, go to the Orange Bowl that year and win the ACC? No, because it doesn't matter. It's not historical. Virginia Tech losing to JMU was historical. When they make a darn movie that I will boycott about UVA being like losing, being at the bottom in a sense, and then rising all the way to the top, whether it's a, hopefully it's a made for TV movie. It'll that, be a 30 for 30. It won't be a actual movie, but even still like that's going to help make that live. And they, because they want it the next year, they, they go together now. And as much as I hate it, they go together. You can't have one without the other. I'm not saying it, the 16th seat is erased. I'm just saying people that understand that will know about the national championship too. Mm, I don't think so. We, we disagree. I think I've said the same words five times in a row and you haven't, I haven't convinced you. So let's move on. Um, let's talk about NCAA football. No, UVA spring games coming up. That's the only thing to talk about there. We can talk about hockey, the caps and uh, hurricanes lost. headed to yeah. game seven. Caps will win game seven. Carolina got lucky as sin tonight that the officials bailed them out. Cause they want a game seven on, and they want the ratings for a game seven. It's all so, fixed, huh? Congratulations to the Carolina Hurricanes. You got bailed out tonight by the officials. You're going to come back to D.C. and you're going to get mollywopped like you did in Game Five. You better hope it's not six nothing again because that was that was embarrassing. The NHL should have contracted the Carolina Hurricanes after Game <laughs> Five. Give me a score spread for the Game Seven. Caps win by three. Three goals. There we go. Anything less, you were wrong. All right, moving forward to baseball uh your Orioles still consistent baseball they've been playing for the last two weeks yeah um this is probably I'm starting to think maybe what we're gonna be for the rest of the year three out of ten um just because we just there's too many people who are starting to actually not look like major league baseball players on the team um that being said we shouldn't have gotten swept by the twins uh, bases were loaded in the ninth inning and ball four was very obviously pitched with the bases loaded. That would have walked in a run, but surprise, surprise, major league baseball umpires who miss one oh in five goodness. ball and strike calls <laughs> blow a horrible call. And then, uh, Severino ends up getting out instead of walking in the tying run that he should have gotten. So, yeah, but let's defend C.B. Buckner and the Joe Wests and the Angel Hernandezes because, you know, the human element. I cannot wait till umpires are replaced by robots. I used to be against it, 
but MLB umpires are so full of themselves, I just cannot wait for that day when they're replaced by robots. And I hope, my only <laughs> wish is that Joe, Herna- Joe West and Angel Hernandez are still alive when it happens, and I hope they're the first ones to be replaced. And it'll just be like the justice for them to then have to go get a job at Walmart and be that one cashier watching over all the robots that are doing other people's jobs there. Yeah, and I want them to name it, by the way. <laughs> I want them to name the robot system the Angel Hernandez system, <laughs> the Hernandez computer. And I want it to get every call right because then that'll be their gift to Angel Hernandez. This computer is way more accurate than you ever were at any point in your life because, by the way, you are the worst umpire in the history of Major League Baseball. It's sad how terrible he is at his job. And C.B. Buckner, by the way, yeah, I watched the Orioles-Rays game at first base. Uh, I can't remember who the hitter was for the Orioles. I want to say it was Dwight Smith Jr. Beat out a single. His foot was all the way in the middle of the bag. He was getting ready to put his other foot beyond the bag when the ball hit the Rays' first baseman's glove, and C.B. Buckner called him out. We challenged it because, thank God, Major League Baseball finally adopted replay to make up for some of the horrendous calls that these umpires make. And it was the quickest replay I've ever seen. The head umpire put the headphones on, like so, Leland, took them off immediately, and then was like, oh, yeah, he's safe. And I was like, yeah. And then the New York... The guy in New York should have said, by the way, tell CB he's donating his game check to a cure for blind people because he is so terrible. I think it's going to be interesting. Those three should be the first people in Space Force that get sent to protect Mars. Spacesuits maybe not required. Just ship them out. Um, you know, we get to, uh, the space odyssey of having, uh, robot umpires. They're going to have to get some military grade equipment on these computers. There's a reoccurring thing on modern family where it's like a, um, like a stand up podium with like an iPad attached and it like goes around the house at family events when someone's not there. It's a reoccurring thing in a modern family, but you can imagine what I'm talking about. They're going to have to get some military. They need to have those. You still got to have them. So when the manager comes out and starts chest bumping and starts arguing, you got to, you got to have something Here's out the there thing, to you argue. You can't argue though, because the strike zone will be consistent. Unlike it is now, the strike zone will be what it is. You think those guys still won't argue calls. They'll get mad at somebody. I mean, they're not going to come on the field and argue. I'm, I'm you don't trying have to robots, make a joke there. You don't have robots. Roberto Alomar's not going to come and spit on a computer. But so like balls and strikes, balls and strikes. If a computer was doing it, I think you would not see any more arguments because the strike zone would be none. what it actually is, and it would be it would be correct. And so you can't argue and be like, oh, okay, well, this is what a strike is, and it would be consistent the entire game. You wouldn't have somebody like Joe West on a power trip deciding willy-nilly what's a ball and a strike based pitch by pitch based on whether he keeps his eyes open or not. Uh, he is a, he's just, again, those three people, put them on a rocket ship and blast them to Mars without spacesuits. I don't need them to have jobs. I don't need them to have any joy in life because they rob joy from baseball fans with just how terrible they are at their jobs. And um, by the way, speaking of Major League Baseball, I'm going to bump this up. It was at the end, but I'm going to switch something. I'm going to bump this up now. Uh, Major League Baseball, I want to see no more let the kids play ads because what Tim Anderson did when he hit a home run against his Kansas City Royals, flipping his bat, and then hollering into his own team's dugout, let's go. If that offends the Kansas City Royals to the point where they feel the need to plunk him and then Major League Baseball suspends him for quote-unquote language, well, okay, let's suspend every player in Major League Baseball because I'm sorry, I don't believe that there are that many players who haven't used language in a game 
especially directed at an umpire. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The fact that multiple he got, or one. The fact that he got any is ridiculous, Leland. All he did was but bat they flip. throw um, they throw managers out when they start cussing at the umpire. They get suspended. So if he gets one game to make up for the fact that he didn't get ejected, then isn't that about even? No, it's not because it's dumb. He all he did was bat flip. Then he got plunked the next game. What does he do? He goes and takes his base. The Kansas City Royals players start giving him grief and cause a brawl. The Kansas City Royals, by the way, speaking of contraction, Major League Baseball <laughs> needs to step in and get rid of the Kansas City Royals. That is the sorriest franchise <laughs> to ever win a championship in a sport. Don't vote for Joe. He's getting rid of all the jobs. He's contracting teams. He's contracting Carolina umpires. Hurricanes, Kansas City Royals. <laughs> you're first. <laughs> We have job loss in America with Joe in charge. Good. Let's do it. <laughs> By the way, your Seattle Mariners are tanking. Uh, they've cooled off. That's the I think that's the term I use. Cooled off. Toilet. But the, my twins are my team. I mean, my pirates are my real team. But the <laughs> twins are my this year. The twins team. are your team now. I know. We let's get let's roll back the video team. We've been talking about twins all year. You know that. The Mariners, I was got excited that they started off hot just because it's a team that I used to root for when King Griffey Jr. played for them. So I was excited that they're playing well out west, and I think I, I think I did pick them to make the playoffs. But they're cooling off. My Twins, hey, they're on a nice. Uh, I don't know. They swept the Orioles. That's all I'm excited about at the moment. Uh, Pirates playing good baseball right now too. Uh, we don't want to spend much time on them, but uh, Cole Tucker came up. Homer did the second at bat. Cole Tucker, remember that name? Uh, anybody that knows who Andrew McCutcheon is, I think Cole Tucker is going to be like that face of the Pirates organization here coming up. He, he's a young talent, and uh, everybody loves him. So uh, watch out for that name. Nats playing 500 baseball. Um, that division's just tight. Everybody, everybody, all four of the top, four of the five teams in that division are all in a game and a half. Yeah. So nothing. Everybody but the Marlins. Yeah. All right, let's get uh, NASCARs at Talladega this week. We'll talk about that next week. But let's get out of here. Let's get to the interview with Brad Wygant. Uh, great interview. Got with him this afternoon. Uh, so no Joe messing it up. It's just me and him. And uh, good interview. And we'll be back uh, with the uh, closing segment here in a minute. All right, back here on the Yak Sports Podcast, and we are joined by Coach Wygant here at Wilson Memorial High School, coaching the soccer team, and uh, they have a great 8-1 and one record so far this season. We're moving right along. Coach, you know, what do you think about uh, your team's development so far this season? Uh, we've had uh, extremely good leadership. Um, we have a good group of seniors, juniors, and even sophomores that are stepping up big time, and, uh, and every day they come to work, and uh, I feel like we do get better, even on days when our, our we're taking it somewhat easy um, because we played two games in a row or, or circumstances put us inside or something like that. Um, I feel like we do get better every single day that we're out here on the field. Looking at your week this week, you have LeRae Tuesday night. Uh, that's the night our podcast drops. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people listening probably already know the result of that. Um, we'll talk about that game real quick before we move forward to the league game. So um, we went up to LeRae, and um, when you go up there, um, it's always a long trip, of course. And then uh, and then we didn't play our best um, to start the to start the match. Um, we, we tried to make things a little too easy, and it's an, it's an athletic squad that we were playing against, and uh, um, it took us a little while to get it going. We came out here, uh, we came out there with, uh, with a, what sounds like a, a, a pretty, uh, a pretty uh, 
definite win um, with a four nothing victory. But uh, but it was up until the last five minutes, six minutes, it was it was still in question in, in my mind, and I know the players' mind as well. Um, so we need to make sure that we don't look too far ahead, and we need to make sure that we take care of business tomorrow night. Um, or I'm sorry, Tuesday night, and yeah. um, <laughs> it all works out. Um, but uh, we need to. Uh, that's why we're practicing on this uh, on a day that we don't have school. Is where we're, we want to make sure that we're as prepared as we can be, and make sure that we we make sure we win the wins. Uh, we win the games we're supposed to win. And uh, you know, so far you've done just that. You've won the games you're supposed to win. The only game you've uh, taken a loss in is to Lee, and you get your chance for revenge at the end of the week. And we all know what Lee is in soccer. They were, yes, uh, you know, into the state playoffs last year, uh, really dominant throughout the season. And this year, you know, they're at a very similar rate. Uh, looking ahead to that game, uh, sure. since uh, we're a weekly podcast, yeah. uh, talk about that matchup with Lee and uh, what you guys are going to have to do uh, to give yourself a, a chance to win. So, um, as as you mentioned, it's a, an extremely talented squad, and um, and they're in their uh, several great players, well coached team. Um, they they bring their best. They're a competitive bunch. They are. They don't slack off when they're playing a team that they know that they can beat. They make sure they they do what they came to do. And um, we have to play um, phenomenal soccer to beat them. And um, Effort-wise, our guys will bring it. Um, actually, uh, a lot of the players on the team, on, on, on the Wilson team, know their guys better yeah. than even I do. So, so it, um, so it is somewhat personal for them, and I, they know how important it is, and, and I'm sure Lee knows how important it is as well. So, so both teams um, need to realize what's at stake with the result of that game. Is there a, maybe an advanced statistic or even just a blatant statistic, you know, time of possession or something like that? You know, what is this one aspect of the game or one stat or, or one thing you can watch on the field Friday to know that your team's given themselves a chance to win against that lead team? So st- statistic-wise, um, there there isn't one that I would look at as much. It would be more of our our positioning in regards to where they are on the field. As, as I said before, is is not only that they are a, a talented uh, bunch of guys, but they're also aware that that they're they've got teammates that can make plays as well. So if we overcommit to one individual or one side of the field, we can give up give up things on the on the other end, and we have to make sure that we play a balanced game. We have to make sure our spacing and our and our and our uh, possession with the ball, as well as when we don't have possession, that we are in the right spot and we're able to to cut off passing lanes, um, not allow one individual to take on multiple defenders, um, that sort of thing. All right. Um, well, we'll leave the soccer talk uh, for there too. You know, two, two reasons we wanted to talk to you. I kind of had you right. on our schedule for for weeks now, okay. and it, this worked out to be the right time. So, yes, looking beyond soccer, uh, which I know you're focused on the season, and yes, I don't want to take anything away from that. But you've made life decision to change schools you're working at and who what sport you're coaching. Yes, I want to talk about you accepting the job to be Buffalo Gaps football coach. Uh, what went into that decision, and, and what was you know the process up to uh, being offered that job? Uh, so. Um, <clears throat> it was uh, when when it was announced in early January that that Andy Klein uh, was stepping down. Um, actually, I, I hadn't even gotten a chance to talk to my wife about it, and she had texted me. She saw it. Um, uh, Buffalo Cap Buffalo Gap is 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 a school we have always 
admired the culture out there and the um and the type of athletes and the type of students um, I, we both my wife and i have worked with several people that that have graduated from gap and it's the type of envi- environment that not only i could see myself in but i could see my family um being a part of um going forward as as uh as somewhat well known, I guess, well known, I guess, is I did work with their athletic director mm-hmm. um, here at Wilson, um, Andrew Grove. Um, so he he knew what I bring to the coaching table, and he know and he he's seen me in the classroom as well. So a little bit of familiarity would made it being familiar with him made it a little bit uh, of a of a of an easier decision. Still wasn't an easy decision, but an easier decision for me. Uh, what went into you know you're you're a head coach now of a, of a good soccer program you know what what was the mindset of you know I I guess I assume given that uh, that giving that head coach ability up going to Gap changing sports I know you coached assistant for Wilson football yes, but uh, what was kind of went into the decision making of focusing on football as uh, your head coach job um, so I've 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 loved coaching soccer um, these past nine years at Wilson and it, it is. It is definitely enjoyable to be out in practice every day, coaching on the sideline of games, and and really what I'm going to miss most about uh, coaching soccer is the young men that I get to work with. These uh, these individuals are are smart. They are uh, personable. They are just good individuals to be around. Fun individual individuals that get to work every single day, um, and it was just an opportunity that. At Buffalo Gap, I, I didn't go into this year saying, "Okay, this is going to be the year that I hang up the the, the soccer whistle and only go straight football." Um, just the opportunity presented itself, and and admittedly, I thought I was I, I felt like I, I was a, a long shot for getting that position, um, and and I'm I'm hoping I don't let anybody down over there at Gap or or those that. I stake my reputation on here at Wilson as well. Um, the 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 faculty, the staff, the students at Wilson Memorial High School have been tremendous in regards to the transition. Um, uh, some jokes get said every once in a while throughout those halls, but um, but yeah, it's an awkward awkward time right now. It has to be, yeah. It, and I will say this that they that the individuals associated with both programs have done a tremendous job. That it has been. The, the awkwardness has been limited let's put it that way and uh it has been it's been interesting yet fulfilling and 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 uh and somewhat uh uh fun experience it, it might be a good example of uh winning helps you know when you're right. when you're eight and one right now it's probably probably helping that right. yes, they know sir. your mind is where it's supposed to be no yes, question sir. yes sir oh uh, all right looking at the gap job a little bit it's a, it's a and it, this would have been the same case if you stayed here at Wilson and uh, remained coach. New look district. I mean, a lot of new coaches. Yes. You being one of them, but also Fort coming in, some teams going out. You know, talk about that. You know, an early look at that district with football in mind. So, um, one one of uh, that, one characteristic of mine um, that you could say it's a fault. You could say it's it's a positive about my my coaching personality is I I don't look too much into that. Um, who we've got. On Tuesday and Friday of this week is all I know in regards to the, the soccer season right now. I don't look beyond this week, and and that's kind of how I look at it for next year and years following in football. Is is I'm focused on the immediate task at hand and and make sure that I give all I can into that, 
and then and then we'll we'll proceed in the future um after this current job is taken care of and um and so yes there have been changes there are schools moving up schools moving down schools moving around in regards to district play um i think it's five schools please correct me if i'm wrong five schools that i the five games that i'm playing that uh, that we that buffalo gap is playing that is that are out of district yeah. games yes and, and so so it's one of those things that it's you take who's who's in front of you sounds good to kind of wrap up uh the serious questions looking a little bit at your style of coaching um I don't believe you've been a head football coach at the high school level Correct. before. Uh, you know, what do you, what kind of style defensively, offensively do you uh, tend to believe you'll be moving forward with? Uh, you know, you know what Buffalo Gap has been doing. You know the the type of players they've uh, been successful with out there. Yes, sir. Uh, what do you project to a point, um, you know, and I'm not trying to get way in depth, but just style or uh, your frame of mind for intensity or, or stuff like that uh, a little more specific to what you'll do at gap I was as, as an as an athlete I would I was a solid average athlete <laughs> and it was and it was something what, what was important to me was effort and I'm a high effort guy and and you could ask any individual that I've coached from the time I was a JV assistant to the time I was defensive coordinator to, to the eight years that I've been head coach of this soccer program um, that effort is key and and I will I will compliment and I will praise effort over anything else and and that is that is what anybody that that plays in a, in a program that I'm involved in that's the expectation and and that's that's every day that's every day I mean I know we've got an hour and a half day before a game practice we're getting ready to take on right now and and I expect them I expect the athletes to bring everything they have because because what I try to convey is that it's a short amount of time that you get to play this sport, and and soon, soon it's going to be over, and and so give everything that you can during that time. That's great. Well, uh, I I said that was the last serious question. Here's the uh, funny question: We ask all most most all of our guests that come on, uh, you know, assuming you have a Netflix or have a little bit of time to watch some kind of TV, you know, what's what's your favorite binge show? What's your go-to binge show, or what's what are you binging now that other people need to be watching? So, uh, so I have been keeping up with the latest Game of Thrones. I have been. There you go. That's but, a common answer on here. But, uh, <laughs> but right now, I'm I'm watching for the second time. I'm watching on Netflix. I'm watching uh, Longmire. Nice. Um, something about that style of show definitely makes you want to move out to Wyoming. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> just given the scenery and the, and the whole concept of the of the of the show. Um, but that, that's definitely one of my favorites as well. Awesome. Well, Coach, I uh, wish you the best of luck coming this fall. We'll be talking to you for radio. I'll, I'll bust you up again on some of those style questions and uh, looking ahead questions in the fall uh, when you're a little bit closer and maybe you have an opponent in front of you. Oh, so we look forward to that for radio, and hopefully we can talk to you again on the podcast too. All right. You're more than welcome to come out here to Lee on Friday. As well, or I'm sorry. I will. I'll be, and, I'll be there. I'll be there for you. tomorrow night. I'll be, I'll be out there Friday. All right. Appreciate nice it. Nice talking to you. Thank you. All right, back here in the D block where we talk about ourselves. Before we jump into that, I just coming behind that interview, I was impressed with Coach Wygant uh, right there uh, with that interview. Um, really focused on the soccer season. I'm, I felt like I kind of had to pull the football talk uh, out of him. But obviously, he's made a big life decision. 
Um, so he had to think a little bit about the future, but, uh, he's committed to what's happening there on that soccer team and they're playing well because I mean, they're eight and one, they're doing everything they can. They battled Lee the first time they played it. I wouldn't be surprised if the game Friday is, is not a complete demolition. If Wilson scores or not, might be a question, but I just would, I'd be surprised if it was eight, nothing. I think the spread, oh, I just interviewed the guy and I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy about what he said. I'll okay, say another four. Okay, I'll say, okay, I'll say another okay. four nothing. I'll say another four nothing. They're going to keep it close and keep it interesting. I, it, Lee's been beating all these teams eight nothing or more, um, and you know, getting their front line guys to the back to kind of keep scoring down. I don't think they'll be able to do that against Wilson. I think it'll be an interesting match. I agree. I think it will be a much closer match than than what Lee is usually having. I'm also I, I have ties to some to a Lee player, so I'm a homer that way too. I just I don't I don't want to come right behind this interview and talk down on him. But I was very impressed with him. I root for his uh, success at Buffalo Gap. Um, he he did not talk about players specifically or or formations or anything like that. That's what I guess August is for, uh, and I appreciated that mindset. Um, human nature you'd have to think he's thought about it but he's focused on his team and i i really appreciate that i I like that he's focused on the team he's currently coaching as well i think i think that's very professional has to be awkward up there and we we touched on that it has to be a little bit awkward in the hallways but i'm glad they're having success all right and that's me saying i'm glad a wilson team's having success so that's that's a bold thing right there uh what is dominating my life um it just seems like you know, the birds are chirping and the leaves are sprouting. And now all of a sudden everybody's looking for a new job or looking for a new house. And, uh, that's been dominating my life. Uh, those topics with my friends, um, where you kind of poking out, looking at some houses and seeing what's up. We've outgrown this house. Um, so it's just an interesting time. Everybody's making big life decisions, uh, things that really matter. Uh, some of my closest friends, you know, really on the job hunt or job opportunities are in front of them. So it's just an exciting time. So here's my words of wisdom to the younger folk that listen to the podcast. Uh, That might be two of you out there. Always have your job resume ready to go. You never know when it's going to pop up and you need to get your resume in that day. And then also, uh, kids, when you graduate college, save money. So when you want to buy a different house or buy a house, you have some money sitting there to do it with, because, uh, those are just two golden rules of advice. Seems simple, but when you get into real life, it's, it's harder to keep your resume sitting there ready to go. That's the easier thing. Saving money is nearly impossible. So just do it, make a point and do it. That's my advice to the younger generation or the older people that are listening if they need to hear it. So, uh, but that's been dominating my life. Those kind of big life discussions have been happening all over the place. Well, Leland, what has been dominating my life has been soccer. Uh, got a text from you in a group text that you were watching the Liverpool Cardiff city game. First half was a little dicey. It was on. (laughs) Yeah. First half was a little dicey. Second half was a lot better Two. Two goals, uh, one beautiful strike from Gigi Wijnaldum to put, the first up, one? to put us up 1-0. He hammered that thing. He did. And then the second one was definitely a penalty. Uh, it was one of those, I know some people are saying, oh, Salah flopped a little bit. That's one of those, he was fouled. No, It should have been a penalty. But if he doesn't go down, the referee won't call it. So I don't have a problem with it. The guy was bear-hugging him way too long for it not to be called. Salah... So made the, the official the, the referee's decision. decision worked out for your team in this case. It did. So we're not we're not calling for robot referees in soccer. 
I mean, there are occasionally soccer referee <laughs> miscues, but I got to be honest, I feel a lot more comfortable about soccer officials than I do any American official in any sport. I would just like an, uh, some device, some official device to come on the field and remove players when they start falling on the ground, faking injuries. I would be okay for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Liverpool, two weeks, talk to me. Uh, we got Barcelona. We're playing Leo Messi, the best player in the world, uh, in the Champions League, uh, and maybe the best team in the world right now in the next round. Uh, hopefully Liverpool beats them and proves that they're the best team in the world, but we'll see. And by the way, we're still chasing Manchester City, who let's go. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but let's go Man United and uh, beat Manchester City for us, please. Is that your biggest rival? Yes. We need them to win. So you're rooting for the Steelers to beat a team so mm-hmm. you can... Man, that's tough. That's a tough spot. I get, what, would, what did Cleveland do? It was Cleveland needed to beat... Baltimore for you guys to make the playoffs, and it didn't happen. Yeah. But, I didn't okay, do can I say this? I don't think I was sitting there rooting for Cleveland. I think I just sat there neutral. Like, I think oh, let's that is the dumbest, tiredest story that ESPN the time. and other people trot out. Like, oh, it's their biggest rival. They're rooting for their biggest. No, they're not. The Browns are not the Steelers' biggest rival. No, the Ravens are, 100%. Yeah, it would be if, if the, the Steelers were rooting. They pers- yeah, but they're like, oh, they're rooting for a rival. I'm like, well, yeah, it, the last week is division team, so any team that needs help is going to yeah. be rooting for a rival. The whole and AFC North is a rival, like, is a rivalry. Like, it's just, it's they've the been in the same division the forever. East. They're all rivals. Yeah, it's but the, the biggest the rival NFC is the Ravens. East. I mean, it's like, oh, the Giants are hoping that the Cowboys beat the Redskins. Can you imagine rooting for the Cowboys? Yeah, I'm sure they've done it before. I don't think I've ever rooted for the Cowboys. Oh, the Redskins need the Eagles to beat Dallas. Redskins <laughs> fans rooting for the Eagles. Like, yeah, because... I do think at that time, though, I just sat there gross. neutral. because I think I had some self-awareness that my rooting interest didn't have an impact on the game. Which is odd because every other time when my team's playing, I think it has something to do with it. But yeah, I I, I did feel weird in that spot. It, truly, I did. I had reaction. It's to, it's the opposite of what you're saying right now. Virginia Tech fans rooting for Duke to beat Miami. Disgusting. Like not really. <laughs> I don't root for UVA in anything. If UVA winning meant Virginia Tech was going to go to the ACC championship, I would do it. I probably just not watch. That's oh what I. That's what God. I did down the stretch of the basketball season. Disgusting. I just didn't watch them play basketball because I, I wish didn't I see didn't it. watch that Tottenham Manchester <laughs> City game. That was disgusting. Tottenham barfing all, right. all over the field. What do you know that I need to know? <laughs> Speaking of negative, um, I went to see <laughs> Dumbo with the family. Dumbo was fine, but before Dumbo started, um, it's it's a good movie if you have kids. Take them. Or if you're a kid, is it at scary heart. at all? I mean, in all honesty, is it is it any kind of scary or anything? The no. previews don't make it look all bright and cheerful. N- neither does the original cartoon. So I just had my worries. No, that- it's not scary. It's it's quite different from the original cartoon, twenty um, first century. Um, but <laughs> less racism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not none, but less. <laughs> no, I'd say none. I'd say none. Um, but yeah, uh, the trailers came on before. Toy Story 4, which is a movie I don't even want to be made. I thought is, they were done at 3. I, they should have. It was perfect. But Toy Story 4 is being made, and that was the best trailer. 
other than maybe Aladdin, the live Aladdin that they're making. That actually, I found myself, I found myself getting amped for Aladdin. Like going in, I was if going into that movie, you were like, "Oh, dude, you excited for Aladdin?" Be like, "Mm, not really. Um, Is it the same trailer they've been showing on? Yeah, but I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it. And when I saw it in the theater, I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm kind of jazzed for it now." Man, I've actually felt the opposite. When I saw the preview, I didn't get very excited. The other movies, oh my god, Dora the Explorer. Pass. Well, I didn't even know that was um, existing. Oh my goodness. W- ugly dolls. No, thank you. And oh, that looks terrible. There was another one that's coming but out. But you're also talking all kids movies. Maybe this isn't like aimed at Dude, you. Dude, I watch. I've seen my share of kids movies after working at a boys and girls club and mm-hmm. still being a child at heart. I watched. I'm the rolling three deep in my house. Moana is my jam. Yeah, but uh, see, I haven't seen these Moana previews yet. aren't aimed at you. I haven't seen Moana yet, but I've seen some kids movies, and not I all of them are Moana. bad. Not all of them are bad. I can respect a good kids movie. Moana's These great. aren't even good Incredibles movies. Incredibles is my jam. Yeah, that's fine. Those are good movies. But what's not good movies is like Rio 2 or Rio 1. Or I will say the second Madagascar was better than the first. See, I... <laughs> I didn't see Madagascar. Because they're actually down. Uh, you know, they're in the jungle. It's It's pretty good. But like ugly <laughs> dolls, when they when I when that trailer came on, I was just like, I have never not laughed at so many jokes in such a short time. I don't know. You never laugh at me either. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> it, just the entire movie, I was just like, this is going to be bad. And there was something else they trotted out there on the screen too that I was like, oh god, if this is the best we can do, let's give up. I was into Aladdin when it came out. I guess I was at the right age, and Robin Williams was hilarious. Um, I actually, when I saw the preview, I was probably more excited before I saw the preview than I am now. Come I'm not excited about Will Smith. Let's do it. Oh, dude, there's nothing wrong with Will Smith. Who did you want to be a, the genie? I don't know, and you're not going to touch Robin Williams. I get that. and It might just go back to, like, I maybe wasn't ready for this to happen yet. Jungle Book I was okay with, but I, Aladdin I just wasn't there with. See, I didn't like, I didn't love Jungle Book. The first one, okay. like the original, like no, the cartoon? the live action. I didn't or love CGI, it. I, just, I guess I didn't the CGI have, like, version. I wasn't against it coming out. Um, and The Lion King I'm actually kind of pretty excited about. I just, me and Aladdin, I just wasn't ready for this Aladdin. I just wasn't. I'm all about it. I'm I'm pumped. I can't wait for it. Um, by the way, you're not kids, allowed to go see Aladdin until you watch Moana. Another kids movie that came out that was good is Christopher Robin. That's a good movie. Oh, we got to see that. It's on Netflix. Watch it. Yeah. Is it good for the kids? Mm, yeah. Good okay. message. Because it just seemed like it was like adult lessons being taught. Uh, yeah, but I mean that those lessons could be passed on to your children as well. Yeah, that's good. I worry about my three-year-old grasping it, but that's fine. <laughs> Don't take her to Ugly Dolls. I mean, I'm not taking her to Ugly Dolls. We're we're pretty Pixar and Disney uh, biased yeah, here. That's the other problem I had. There were like too many DreamWorks movies being shown, and you know the DreamWorks movies because those are the ones that have ludicrous, terrible stories that you're like, who greenlit this? I oh, I remember with- what it was. Some Yeti movie is being made. Oh my God! The Yeti movie. Oh, the Bigfoot or Smallfoot no, or something. You're thinking of Missing Link, which uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I think that's one I maybe just don't get because I'm not a kid. But I don't know what you're talking about. They're making another one. Uh, this is DreamWorks, uh, uh, and this is I have no like idea what you're talking about. So. Yeti or something. It's called something stupid. 
and it is going to be stupid. Just if you see Dumbo, when you go to the trailers, just close your eyes and just scream la 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 really loud so you don't have to absorb any of the terrible, terrible future movies that our kids are going to be shaped by. And by the way, this is the problem with our country is the terrible movies we make for kids. There, I said it. I mean, they're of higher quality probably than they used to be. There's probably more mm. of them. What I guess my nerves about DreamWorks, though, is a comp, excuse me, a common trait in DreamWorks golden... movies is the adult jokes that are just blatant out there. And there's nothing funny about the joke unless you are an adult. So it's not even like a play on words or it could go both ways. It's eventually this kid is going to watch this movie in high school and it's going to change their whole view of that movie at that time. I don't like those kind of jokes. And Disney's not away from that. I mean, Frozen has one that I really don't like. But those DreamWorks movies, thats it seems like that's all they are. And sure, there's funny jokes for the kids, but it's not like double entendre at all. It's just straight up, here's a joke only the adults will get, and it's not appropriate at all. And a high schooler will understand it and really change their point of the view of the movie when they look back. I don't like those jokes. Just leave it alone. Just let it be a kid's movie. We can all laugh at family humor. Yeah, um, but when you say it's better than it is now, I mean, think back to the golden age of Disney. I mean, those are good movies, and they're not they're not even getting close. I do enjoy that the blatant racism has been removed from many of the modern day. But but like Moana is awesome. Incredibles is awesome. Like let's talk about the stories. The stories are better in those Disney movies. It's a debatable point. Let's bring it back for our guests and let's let's interact with our guests on Twitter or our listeners on Twitter about it and bring this back. Uh, I need to research a touch before this. I haven't had a podcast that asked a question, the best question ever at the end of a podcast of what's your favorite Disney movie. Uh, listen to the 4D yeah, Sports see, podcast we, because of that. We um, do. We've had we even so had episodes so devoted good. like the last segment of episodes devoted to ranking Disney movies. But yeah. yeah. So good, but uh, Not a lot of I, I need today. to think about this before I really lock in this, but there has been some great ones now, uh, so I'm not just diminishing now. The problem is, is all these other companies trying to cash in on this, including DreamWorks, including worse production companies, and uh, I, I don't know. That, that's where I'm here's, at. Here's my point that I'll make. Yeah, well, if you're going to talk point. about land before time, then you're going to have a good point, and I'm going to be with you. No, final point. <laughs> Disney knows I'm right because Disney is remaking the classics as CGI and live action movies because they have no original that's thoughts. That's why I'm not ready for Aladdin. I just didn't know Aladdin was a classic yet. And I know Lion King's right beside oh it, but gosh, for some reason I didn't know about Aladdin it. was a classic. Have no, it's lived, not a classic yet. Have you lived under a rock? It's not a classic yet. Dude, it's not that old. Dude. It's 20-some years old. Jungle Book made sense to me. That movie was made in the 60s. The Lion King? Lion King, I say, does. I I already admitted that operates outside of what I'm saying. I just am excited about it because it's still a cartoon. Nothing's real in it. It's all CGI. There's not even a real little boy like Jungle Book had. No. Which is it's still a cartoon. That's it is what still makes me nervous about the the CGI version. Is I'm worried it's a little too much CGI. I'm worried that maybe we don't need it. But I just love they're doing it when James Earl Jones can still be there. Yeah, love that's it. fair. But he's All right. Not, okay. Never mind. What Spoilers. I know that you need to know, since I think I pretty much ran all over your segment there, <laughs> uh, real quick on Twitter, Barber had the best tweet I think he's ever put out, and it was basically like, "What." Um, 
I guess he didn't originate it. Someone else did, but he came back with a quote from Blue Chips or, or a uh, citing Blue Chips, which was one of my favorite movies growing up. As soon as I was of an age that I could watch it, um, Nick Nolte, Shaquille O'Neal, Penny Hardaway, other people uh, that you would recognize. It's a great movie, but yeah, Barber whipped out the like scenario in there that that. Uh, what is it, university, state, or whatever they are, just made up college. They were like a dominant basketball program. In the beginning of the movie, they're playing Indiana. Um, it's awesome. Uh, they, it was like if they didn't get caught up in the cheating scandal and all this, uh, like what kind of program that would have been. And it just like every tweet off of his, every tweet off of the main one that he had responded to, I just loved looking through that feed. Uh, it really kind of made my day the other day. Go back, find that. Um, was it Jamel Hill? Jamel Hill, I think, started it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, look at hers or look at Barber's, but you'll get a lot of entertainment just reading people's, like, what-if scenarios from sports movies. I mean, there was major league ones. There was um, – every. I mean, every sports movie is getting called out. Um, the natural – everything. So, uh, it, you know, a lot of the low-hanging fruit for, like – you know, what if he built it and they didn't come? I mean, that was a common one people threw out there, but just stuff like that. There was a lot of funny things, a lot of interesting things if you thought about it. So go back and find that and entertain me for an afternoon. Uh, I believe I forwarded it to you because it was awesome. Yeah. Um, mine, and I can't remember the character's name now, but what if that uh, villain uh, owner in Major League didn't buy the team? What if, what if she didn't buy the team? Uh, that was well, they wouldn't have won the World Series. They wouldn't have been motivated. No, they wouldn't have had that roster. None of those guys would have been there. Yeah, they wouldn't have had that roster. Um, what if Lou didn't have a heart attack in Major League Two? Um, yeah. What if... They're all prima donnas. They wouldn't have been motivated. What yeah. if Roy Hobbs never met that woman and subsequently got shot in the natural? <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Uh, there's probably some pretty inappropriate ones from Bull Durham that we could throw out there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that one is full of them. Yeah, I I only know Susan Sarandon as as this uh, very much adult Susan Sarandon, and so every time I watch Bull Durham, it just uh, like I don't like that movie as much as I think people older than me, just because it's like it's hard for me to get on board for Susan Sarandon. Yeah, no, but I agree with you. I think. I think Bull Durham. Look, don't get me wrong. Bull Durham has some great lines. Has some oh, great jokes. Yeah. But as a whole, I think that movie's overrated a little bit. I agree. I agree. But I think a lot of things that brings it down for me are not really baseball related. So fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it for us here on Yak Sports Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. We are also on Facebook, Yak Sports Podcast. And be sure to comment, share the episodes with your friends, family. Tell us, how wrong am I about the future of our children watching these movies? Are you, as parent, if you have kids, are you seeing these movies going, Joe, you're totally off base. These are hilarious movies. Or are you like, Joe, you're right. Uh, they were better when we were kids. Uh, and as, as much as we're a sports podcast and we want to interact with our uh, listeners w- about sports, this Disney movie thing, we, g- we got to have answers. We got to have interaction here. This is this is the new important thing in life. Yeah. And also tell me how right I am about how terrible this quarterback draft class is. That's bad. And if you're an umpire or a referee, tell me why your job is so much harder and you should never be criticized ever. And look, I get in the stands. There are a lot of things said that are stupid, um, but. 
when you get to be a professional, I think we need to be honest. These people make mistakes. And when you're CB Buckner, Joe West, or Angel Hernandez, astronauts without spacesuits. Um, but yeah, tell me why that's, tell me why they're good at their jobs. Hey, if it's your first time listening, subscribe. So you get this in your feed every week. We talk local every single week. We're talking local sports. We're talking about the sports that you care about as Augusta uh, County sports fan. And uh, even outside of the high school seasons, we're still going to be talking local stuff. And then we'll be back strong in the fall, too. So just stick with us. Uh, we have a lot to talk about about local high school sports. Until next week, folks, thank you for listening again. Don't forget to like and subscribe as well as share the episodes and interact with us on Twitter and Facebook so we can interact with you, our adoring fans. Until next week, glory, glory, Man United. Get that win against Manchester City. Good night.